Hello everybody, I'm Gaynor Chambers of Aristrick Keating Chambers. Along with Jenny Wilde, I'll be speaking to Mrs Justice Finola O'Farrell DBE on the occasion of International Women's Day. The theme this year is Break the Bias. The movement says, imagine a gender equal world. A world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination. A world that is diverse, equitable and inclusive. A world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge a women's equality. Collectively, we can all break the bias. As we shall hear, there's much to be celebrated about Finola's career. The path she's taken embodies the aim of the IWD movement and has made that path easier for all the women following behind. Finola was called to the bar by Inner Temple in 1983. Shortly thereafter, became a tenant at Keating Chambers, became a QC in 2002, and was appointed as a recorder in 2007. In 2016, she was appointed as a High Court judge and a Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire. She's currently the judge in charge of the Technology and Construction Court. Prior to her judicial appointment, Fanola had over 30 years of experience as a leading barrister in construction, engineering, energy, shipbuilding and information technology cases. She acted regularly as counsel arbitrator in international arbitrations and is an accredited adjudicator and mediator. Hello, Fanola. Um, I thought we'd start by asking you a bit about your early years. Um, I understand you were educated at St Philomena's Catholic High School for Girls, which is in Carshalton, South London. Can you tell us a little bit about those early years? Yes, I I went to uh, a non-selective state comprehensive school. Uh, The class sizes were large. The range of ability and interest uh, was vast. Uh, We weren't stretched or pushed academically. And resources were always uh, rather tight. But I was very happy in my school days. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, uh, but I was keen to learn. I had a wonderful circle of friends. Uh, We talked constantly about everything and uh, we had a lot of fun. So, yes, I was very happy in those early years. Was law on your radar at that stage? No, it wasn't. Um, I knew that I wanted to go to university after school, but I was pretty undecided as whether as to whether it was going to be arts or sciences. Uh, and law was in the mix, but certainly I had not set my sights on uh, a legal career. And we we are um, adopting a very well-known radio format uh, today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we thought we'd ask you if you had a a song or a book that reminded you of those early years. I do indeed. Uh, In 1978, uh, Gloria Gaynor released a song called I Will Survive. And it became a bit of an anthem for women throughout the world and a sign of female solidarity. Uh, At parties, we would all get up and dance to it as a group of girls. Uh, It reminds me of how invincible we felt we were, how optimistic about the future uh, and how supportive we felt to each other. That sounds absolutely brilliant. It sounds like the Spice Girls of my generation, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Finola, you've uh, you've told us Mm. that 
you um, had not decided whether or not you wanted to be a lawyer at school. Um, moving on to university, did you study law? I did, yes. So by that stage then, you'd um, already decided that you, your future was at the bar? or uh, I hadn't got that far. Uh, I read law at, at university because although I didn't uh, still know what career I wanted to follow. Um, I, I chose law because it was it was difficult, and uh, I wanted a challenge, and I wanted to prove myself. Uh, so, uh, still undecided. Uh, it has to be said that for much of my time at uh, university, uh, I was heavily involved in student politics and college activities which didn't leave too much time for any serious uh, studying. <laughs> but I met many interesting, intelligent, uh, funny and caring people who have remained uh, very dear friends to this day. So uh, I think it was time well, well spent. Uh, but the turning point came in my third year because I became involved in mooting. And as soon as I embarked on uh, some mooting, I became hooked on advocacy. And at that point, uh, I knew that I wanted to become a barrister. Um, and continuing our theme, is there a song or a book that makes you think of your time at Durham? There is. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, not an expected choice, though. It is uh, Ulysses by James Joyce. It is, I think, one of the greatest uh, literary works of the 20th century. In my mind, it is a perfect uh, combination of poetry, prose, drama, news items, streams of consciousness. Uh, there is real beauty uh, as well as uh, vulgarity in the language. Uh, but what struck me was that it was uh, unconventional and what it said to me, I mean, apart from being a, a wonderful, uh, immersive read, was that uh, we should dare to be different. Serves you well at the bar, I'm sure. Um, and <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving to those years, um, you were a pupil at Keating uh, starting in 1985, um, which at that time occupied 10 off Essex Street. How, how did you become to be a pupil at Keating? Uh, well, uh, I sort of fell into uh, the area of construction law, uh, which I think uh, is the experience of uh, many uh, successful tenants uh, at Keating Chambers. My initial pupillage uh, was in a general common law set, land building, and that was very usual for the time. Uh, people didn't specialise as early as they do now. I had a wonderful uh, pupil supervisor, Chris Simons, QC. His practice included uh, insurance and reinsurance work, and it was through the insurance work that uh, I was introduced to uh, construction cases or building cases, as they were then known. I just really loved the combination of law, complex fact and technical evidence. Uh, and so uh, I then applied to uh, undertake a third six-month pupillage at Keating Chambers. As soon as I arrived at number 10 in those days, uh, it felt welcoming. Uh, I loved the work. I had another wonderful pupil supervisor in Robert Gateskill QC, 
And uh, I never looked back in terms of uh, area of practice. And uh, over the last year or so, uh, there's been a strong drive, particularly at Keating, to ensure that our recruitment processes are fair um, and in particular are inclusive and attract diverse talent. How did you perceive it in the 1980s? Well, uh, Keating Chambers has always had uh, an inclusive and progressive approach to recruitment. Uh, after all, they they took me, <laughs> uh, so they must have done. Uh, but I have to say that the same cannot be said for other chambers at that time. I recall with some incredulity questions that I was asked at interviews, two of which were, uh, how will you get to court on time if you have to make breakfast for your husband? Oh, <laughs> and a second, a second question was, uh, there are no women in chambers and we don't close the door when we go to the toilet. Does that bother you? Uh, those were real questions that I was asked in interviews. I suspect that those questions would not be included in interviews today, which I think shows that uh, a very uh, large amount of progress has already been made. Uh, in those days, there was definitely a perception that if a set of chambers took on women, uh, those women would all suddenly leave to have children at the same time, uh, leaving a significant gap in, in chambers. These days, the value of diversity in all its forms is recognised quite rightly. Uh, and I like to think that a, a more intelligent approach to recruitment uh, is taken. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you perceive that it would be a challenge practising as a female um, when you started out in the 80s? Y yes, I knew it was going to be uh, an uphill struggle. Uh, the advice that I received when I first indicated that I wanted to come to the bar was that it was too hard, uh, too competitive, and no place for a woman. Uh, that was said openly, <laughs> no shame even attached to it. Uh, the first few years of practice uh, were, were very difficult. Of course, they were very difficult for everyone. The bar has always been very competitive and difficult. But in those early days, I did feel that I had to convince every new client and solicitor that although I was a rather small <laughs> and in those days very young looking woman, uh, I was capable of representing them and holding my own against my male uh, opponents. Uh, I did have to prove myself every time I went into court. Uh, and when I won, it was said that I must have charmed the judge. But when I lost, my opponent, usually male, uh, was clearly uh, brilliant on the day. Uh, I had no money, no contacts, uh, but I was determined and I was prepared to work long hours. Uh, and I was optimistic. You certainly rose to the challenge. <laughs> Is there a, a song or a book that reminds you of those early years at the bar? 
Uh, yeah, yes. So the tune that I would um, select that I think most reflects uh, those early days is uh, Memorial by Michael Nyman, which was uh, part of the music set to The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, uh, a film that was made in the 80s. It was a very dark murder drama, which I think reflected the ostentatious excess of the 1980s. And it seems a fitting background to the frenetic working hours uh, that we had that were exciting, uh, but probably a a bit out of control. Yeah. Or a murder drama, the thoughts you had in your head with some of the comments (laughs) that you were given. (laughs) Fenella, following your third six, you were taken on as a tenant at Keating. When you were sworn in as a judge, Paul Darling QC was then the head of chambers, said you glided effortlessly from pupillage into tenancy, and the occasion was marked by a trip to the Chelsea Flower Show. What are your memories of that time? I'm not so sure that it was a a seamless glide, uh, but I do remember those days uh, with real fondness. Uh, I was, of course ecstatic to be uh, taken on as a tenant. Uh, And uh, in those days, uh, the babies uh, in Keating Chambers, who were Marcus, Rosemary, Peter, Paul, Michael and Neris and and me, uh, we worked seven days a week in Chambers. Uh, So we were extremely busy Uh, But we did always manage to find time for drinks at dailies. It was very exciting. Uh, And I I loved fighting cases, uh, even even when I lost. No two cases are the same. Uh, Each one demands careful analysis, strategy to win or get the best outcome uh, available forensic planning to determine the lines of cross-examination, the narrative and the approach that you think will persuade the tribunal. I've never tired of the thrill of the courtroom where anything can and usually does uh, happen. But uh, I particularly uh, enjoyed learning the technical side of the disputes. And I had the great fortune to work with eminent experts in many different disciplines over the years. And I have to say that although lawyers are very competitive, the bar has always struck me as being very supportive. Um, Over the years, I've made great friendships that have stood the test of time uh, and have survived the brutal uh, adversarial clashes, uh, both in and out of court. And outside of work, you raised a family and you have a a lovely daughter, Siobhan. Um, How do you find juggling the demands of family life with your practice at the bar? The child raising years uh, were were difficult. I don't believe that there is an easy solution to this. Uh, It's very important that uh, all sets of chambers uh, put in place policies that support uh, parents, particularly in the early days of parenting. But I do think that hard choices have to be made. Uh, There is always going to be constant juggling and exhaustion. Uh, But of course, with it comes great joy. Uh, I think I just felt very lucky to, to have options at the time. 
Um, and did you face any particular challenges as a female in your professional life as a barrister? Well, it's interesting. I think that the biggest challenge was uh, trying to raise a family whilst continuing in practice. But, but that aside, once I was established, personally, I didn't feel that I was uh, at any disadvantage. Uh, I always felt that the clerks uh, at Keating were so keen to get every ounce of work out of every barrister that there was uh, no question of me being sidelined in terms of um, availability of work. Uh, I'm, I'm also very grateful to the judges, then the official referees, who made me feel welcome in the courtroom, Uh, the solicitors and clients who trusted me to handle their cases, uh, and my colleagues who treated me as an equal. Uh, However, I am conscious that not everyone has such a positive experience. Not everyone is that lucky. Uh, I know that there is a gender pay gap at the bar. Uh, Not all women have the same opportunities as men. So I think that the answer is that progress has been made, but there is still work to do. And returning to our theme again, um, is there a song or a book that reminds you of your time at Keating Chambers? Uh, Yes. Uh, So I would pick... Uh, the Saraband from Bach's um, Partita Number no. Two in D minor, preferably played by Maxim Vengerov. <laughs> My daughter plays the violin, and as a family, uh, we used to go to numerous uh, concerts. The Bach is a particularly beautiful piece of music, and I would often uh, sit and listen to it whilst I was working. I found it very soothing, like barristers. Most musicians are self-employed, so I think that I have an affinity uh, for them. Uh, And uh, I know that they've suffered greatly, actually, through the last two years um, of COVID restrictions. Uh, And one of the things that I am very much looking forward to is a resumption of live music events. Definitely. Um, Of course, in 2016, you were appointed as a High Court judge. Not only was that a significant personal achievement, it's also particularly notable for the gender equality that was achieved in the Technology and Construction Court at the time. Mm. What were your impressions of that particular moment? I was uh, thrilled and excited to uh, take on a new challenge. I thought it was, I thought it was the right time uh, to take an appointment, uh, but also I was, I was apprehensive that I would miss advocacy uh, and the Keating Chambers family. Uh, However, although most of my work as a judge is carried out alone, uh, my office is located on the same floor as uh, the other high court judges in the TCC, in the commercial court and in the chancery division. And actually there's a very friendly collegiate atmosphere the work is demanding. There is never enough thinking, reading and judgment writing time. Uh, but the work is tremendously rewarding uh, and, and varied. I feel very privileged uh, to play my part 
in a justice system, which exists to protect the rights of people in lots of different scenarios. Uh, And I would say that it is one of the best legal systems uh, in the world. Uh, So from that point of view, it is the most wonderful career move that I could have made. Have you faced any particular challenges as a female in your professional life as a judge? Uh, No, not not personally. Uh, I have been overwhelmed by the support and encouragement that I have received from all quarters. However, in general, I think that women are reluctant to put themselves forward for new roles or positions of responsibility because they call into question their ability to step into uh, a new unknown role. I think that, uh, again, this is a work in progress. The answer, I think, lies in effective mentoring uh, alongside, of course, fair and progressive selection processes. Uh, But uh, it is an area where I think we can do better. And the last reflection, really, of the podcast, uh, is there a song or a book that reminds you of this particular time in your life? (laughs) Yes, going with the dark theme, uh, Bring Up the Bodies um, by Hilary Mantel. If ever a a woman were stitched up by the uh, justice system, uh, I think uh, uh, that was the fate that uh, befell poor old Anne Boleyn. It is a gripping piece of storytelling, uh, the intrigues of the royal court set against the drama of one of the most famous miscarriages of justice in our history. It serves to remind us uh, of the importance of the rule of law and, of course, the right to a fair trial. Finola, on the advent of International Women's Day, do you have any advice for women considering a career at the bar Mm. or the bench? Yes. Uh, I think the first point is is work hard. Details and deadlines matter, Uh, but determination and perseverance will get you further than you think. Secondly, my advice would be to find a mentor, someone who can give you advice, who will introduce you to clients, colleagues and people in more senior positions someone who will support you through inevitable difficulties, who will encourage you to take on additional responsibilities and will push you forward to take on new challenges. And then finally, my advice would be, be prepared to ask questions if you don't understand something or you think that someone else is wrong. There's always a chance that you might be right. Have the courage to speak up in meetings and to challenge uh, decisions. Don't let fear silence you. Thank you. I think that was very inspirational. Um, And thank you so much for your time today. Um, from Jenny, myself and Heating Chambers generally. It's been lovely to speak to you and thank you all for listening.